Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Ian Boyd, X's and O's expert of Inside Texas. Uh, Ian, I thought today, uh, welcome to the show, first of all, I thought today would be a good time, uh, given that it's the weekend, it's a big recruiting weekend for the Longhorns, uh, to kind of take a deeper dive uh, for you into how you're looking at recruiting really from a roster management X's and O's standpoint, right? You wrote an article uh, at Inside Texas this week talking a little bit about that, and I wanted to try to go into more depth with you here and try to really uh, beat it out. Let, let's start with this one, and this is the most important needs category. It's kind of how I saw you, what you wrote. Texas has some very specific needs this year. We've talked about them at length, but as you look at it from, from you know a larger viewpoint, what do you really see the most important needs are and why? Yeah, I, you always have needs based on what scheme or system you're running or where there are holes in your roster or what have you. Texas is in pretty good shape right now overall where they're not trying to fill for now. But uh, down the line, we know that they need volume at defensive tackle. Um, you could argue they need volume at cornerback, but we've already seen that you can kind of address that in the portal. You can't really get defensive tackles very easily in the portal, you know, Trill Carter notwithstanding. They need to get guys at defensive tackle. They only signed Sidear Mitchell last year. And then the other one that I think is maybe a little more overlooked that we were talking about before going on the show is tight end, and particularly a receiving tight end that can uh, give Texas some of the pro-style kind of flexibility they need to really maximize Arch Manning. You know, his uncles played with tight ends in the NFL. It was a big part of uh, what Peyton Manning was doing for his entire career. It's also a big part of what they were doing at Isidore Newman with uh, Will Randall. Um, Texas probably cannot count on Will Randall being a cornerstone piece in the future between his ACL injury and, and maybe limited overall upside. They really need a tight end that can – they basically need another Jatavian Sanders. Jatavian Sanders is going to miss the Arch Manning window. And they need a guy like that who can move around and distort a defense for the passing game um, for to really maximize the Manning era. Um, obviously, they went for Reiner Swanson, came up empty there. Jordan Washington seems to be the top target there for now. It's really important that they sign him and probably either a five-star high-caliber kind of guy or another upside guy that could develop in the following class it would and, and don't take out of the it's not out of the realm of possibility portal is a port, part of that uh, decision tree as well um, you gotta look. yeah yeah i mean just it, it all depends who goes in right um so so from the thing that i found interesting um when the most important needs i agree with you on defensive line particularly as it relates to the sec right i mean this year they're in pretty good shape but down the line, they need more depth uh, on the defensive front. Tight end is is one I agree with you. It's it's often overlooked, and even and that's even though Texas signed two tight ends last year. You mentioned Will Randall, Spencer Shannon as well, uh, Juan Davis, and Gunnar Helm already on campus, uh, of course. But uh, really, there, there's there's that sort of thing. Another way, another topic I thought that was interesting for you, uh, Ian, that you brought up. Let me just add on tight end, you know, there's 
there's like the inline blocker, like Spencer Shannon projects to be that, you know, maybe offensive line if he if he really grows, but inline blocker, Gunnar Helm will be that as well. But then there's the guy that can flex out. And ideally you could even downshift, take the big guy off the field and move the flex guy inside and really throw the ball around. That's the that's the essential piece for the pro style dimension. Like you can't you don't have the same level of passing options if you don't have that guy. Okay. Then then that that makes total sense. I think I think by just saying Jatavian Sanders, everybody realize I, I there's a term called a five tool baseball player that can do it all. Jatavian Sanders, you would like to think is a five tool tight end, right? Right. Inside, outside, be a blocker, that that sort of thing. All right. Uh Let's look at it. Let's go to the next point that, that I want to get with you and, and really get your take on it. There's a lot of high-ranked recruiting classes, but those classes aren't necessarily great classes because they don't recruit, and this is what you called it, the, the importance of recruiting to the need and scheme of what a team has. Um, give, give some people some examples of that. So, I mean, there's been a lot of them, unfortunately, in Texas's history. Yeah. Like, you're not going to find a big shortage of top 10 ranked classes for the Longhorns over the last 10 to 15 years. But obviously, it, it, that didn't show up in the standings. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, attrition was one of them. But another one was that they didn't, they didn't necessarily load up with talented players that either fit the scheme. Um, and could be developed to fill the roles they needed, or they didn't get guys at like the really high impact positions. Um, they didn't always like Sam Ellinger's last couple of years at Texas, they didn't have a true outside receiver on the team. Um, the rankings would have suggested they would, but it didn't pan out for whatever reason. Um, when Steve Sarkeesian first arrived, they didn't have an edge on the roster. They had, a walk-on Mike linebacker as the primary edge player that they inherited. Um, you know, it goes so on and so forth. You could also, you could rank really high, but be overloaded on offense or overloaded on defense or overloaded at certain positions. Maybe you have five blue chip wide receivers and only two of them will ever do anything, but then you're completely devoid of quality at linebacker and safety. And so your defense is, is screwed. Um, so, you know, recruiting recruiting class rankings are pretty valuable if you look at them by position, right? Because you have a something to to qualify all the players that are being brought in. But just in a vacuum, those those ranking scores don't don't factor in whether you filled all the positions you're going to need to run your schemes effectively. I, I think of Texas and offensive line. Yeah. Right. And and Steve Sarkeesian, it's something you mentioned in the article, and I agree with. He wants the power run, right? And so, given that, you needed a certain body type on the offensive line that he had, that they hadn't necessarily recruited the scheme. So, even if a, a guy may look good in a zone blocking scheme, he's not going to look good uh, necessarily in power run. All right. The other thing that that you brought up, and this is something in a way that you look at recruiting classes from your uh, position, and, and that is impact positions mean more. Um, and you mentioned these, correct me if I'm wrong, offensive tackle, edge, wide receiver, 
uh, defensive back, I believe, right? What were the what are wide corner. receiver corner. corner? Really, man corner is the big, the real differentiator. Yeah. And there was a fifth one, and you didn't mention quarterback, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, Stetson Bennett is a back-to-back national champion. AJ McCarron was a back-to-back national champion. Um, I think in college football, a veteran quarterback that knows where the ball is supposed to go in his system, that's kind of the that's the bar for high-level winning. You don't have to have the elite quarterback. I mean, an elite quarterback, we've seen at Texas in particular, can elevate a program. It's not like an elite quarterback is uh, is useless, but um, you don't need it. It's not it's not a position where elite athleticism really matters. You know, that, and that's partly why you see three-star quarterbacks routinely win, because maybe they don't have elite measurables. Maybe the NFL may or may not be interested in them, but they can execute a college scheme. And if they have an NFL left tackle protecting them, if they have NFL wide receivers that are open every time they look their way, it doesn't matter, right? Um, so th- these are the positions where I think recruiting rankings are really valuable because recruiting rankings are generally basically a proxy for athleticism and measurables. And at those positions, those five positions, if you don't have the athleticism and the measurables, you're, it's not going to work out. You don't have to, you don't have to have elite measurables at quarterback to succeed. You may not need them at linebacker. You may not need them at guard. You definitely don't need them at fullback, right? You don't need them at safety, but at cornerback, if you're in press man coverage on a receiver, if you're not an elite athlete, it's not going to work. If you're not an elite athlete at receiver, you're not going to get open when you face Derek Stingley or, uh, uh, you know, Chikey Brown, whatever. If you don't, if you're not an elite athlete, skilled athlete at offensive tackle or defensive tackle, you know, game over. You're eventually going to play someone that is, and they're going to kick your butt. Um, so I like to look at those positions for like the major programs if you're not using your status as a blue blood program to recruit elite athletes at those positions, you're really missing the boat. If you've got a bunch of elite athletes at inside linebacker, good for you, but they may or may, that may or may not matter, but it will matter at edge rushing the passer. It will matter at wide receiver making your offense work. This is interesting because you actually, you brought up uh, uh, the example of wide receiver. I was, I was thinking, I, look, I think wide receivers are plentiful, first of all. Um, yes. What you're talking about, though, is a, a level up from the plentiful type, right? You know, you're talking about true NFL caliber receivers. And it was interesting because you mentioned how Ohio State had Georgia on the ropes in the, the college football semifinals this year. Uh, and then because they lost their – not only because they lost their – um, key wide receiver, uh, th- they ended up losing that game uh, when they actually had it in. I, don't, I wouldn't say they had it in hand. It was certainly a, a competitive game. But when he went down, their offense, the, the quarterback didn't get worse all of a sudden. Right. They didn't. He didn't have a guy that was always getting open against those really good Georgia defensive backs. Yeah, and to our to the to the point of the five in general, if Ohio State had, had one single legit defensive tackle on their team they win that game another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, they didn't have one and Georgia kind of ran them over. Um, but yeah, the, it's, it, you have to, as, as uh, our guy Paul likes to say, you have to have two ideas in your mind at the same time. The wide receiver is really the most impactful position in college football because of the rules of the game. And just if you have a really good one, they're almost impossible to keep covered by college defenses. And they just make everything easy on your offense. Yet, as valuable as the wide receiver is, it's not necessarily that hard to keep really good wide receivers on your roster. Or well, well, I should rephrase. <laughs> it's not necessarily that hard to make sure you have a really good wide receiver on your roster if you're a school like Texas. Because you can recruit a bunch of them out of the state. The state produces really skilled, high-repped guys at that position in particular. If you miss out somehow, you can go to the transfer portal um, because chances are there's a lot of G5 programs that found an overlooked guy that ended up being really good. Um, and they also can have a high impact as, as freshmen, as we saw with Xavier Worthy. So it's just – it shouldn't really be that hard to have high-impact players consistently on your roster at wide receiver, especially at Texas. Um, yet even though the, the cost isn't necessarily that high – the impact is so. So offensive tackle, wide receiver, edge, cornerback, and defensive line interior. Yeah. Is that is that right? Why yeah. did you choose the defensive line? Is that because of the ability to control the run game, uh, or, or, or mitigate the 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 uh, risk of it get, just getting run over? Essentially, I didn't used to include that one, and I eventually was won over. Uh, I think Bill Parcells' Planet Theory. Have you ever heard of that term? really encapsulates it. It's his, his idea was he was talking about the NFL draft and he was saying, there's only so many 300 plus pound people in this world that are actually athletic. And if you have one, not only can they have a high impact in stopping the run or collapsing the pocket inside, but you have something that's really rare. So like a wide receiver has a huge impact on the game, but good wide receivers aren't really rare, but dominant three technique defensive tackles that can, muck up a run game and uh, collapse the pocket at 300 pounds, they are rare. There's only, you know, there's only a few, there's only a few really good ones and even very fewer elite guys. And this is basically why Georgia keeps winning. They don't even prioritize wide receiver appropriately, in my opinion, with their scheme or with their recruiting, but they always have loads of defensive tackles on their team. And as long as they're not playing a team that has dominant wide receivers, they're going to win in the trenches because they have these guys that no one else has at defensive tackle. They they focus on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That, that's that's I agree with you on that. All right, um, you brought up another one that I wanted to add in here, and that's opportunity cost. Uh, the former economics student that I am uh, oh, nice. un- understands what that means. 
Uh, but you used it in terms of a guy like Micah Hudson, the wide receiver out of Lake Belton that uh, looks like he's probably going to Texas Tech um, at this point. But, uh, you know, my point in this is, what did you mean by that as it relates to recruiting and how it how it feels for you when it comes to ranking or thinking about a recruiting class? So I think there are generally a few guys, like in the state of Texas, for instance, there's a few guys that are really, really special. Um, and you don't necessarily need them to win or to execute your scheme or to have, you know, just a good pipeline of talent in your program. But if you don't have them, you're missing out on a true difference maker. Um, Five-star guys should theoretically be those sorts of players. I don't think they consistently are. Um, but an example would be like, so Colin Simmons is a great example, I think. And out of Duncanville. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually don't think Texas needs Colin Simmons to be very good at edge in the future. I think the guys they brought in the last two classes are pretty much going to guarantee a really high floor for Texas at edge. But he might be like Vaughn Miller, you know? So even though you don't necessarily need him to have a successful program, have a successful defensive strategy, you pay a really steep opportunity cost if you don't successfully recruit him because he might be a total game changer, just, you know, an elite player that you're not going to find otherwise, right? Um, Vince Young was a really obvious. Could Texas have maintained a good program under Mac Brown without signing Vince Young? Yes. Would they have won a national championship? Almost definitely not, right? Um, Jordan Shipley, honestly, ended up being that caliber of player. Kelvin Banks, I think, is that caliber of player. There's a lot of good offensive tackles. You don't need a like top five overall kind of pick like Kelvin Banks could become to win. But if you keep missing those types of players, when they're available, when, when they're, they're available, available. yeah, so like whatever position they play, although ideally they play like one of the impact positions, there's those certain guys that come around where you're like, we really got to get that guy. Because if we don't get that guy, we're missing out on something, you know, a generational kind of player. And um, it's really hard to gauge who those guys are usually, but some of them, some of them stand out. I think Colin Simmons stands out just because, you know, you watch this guy, not very many people move like him. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking of your, your, if you're really talking about, you're talking about guys uh, at cornerback that Texas has in a five-star this weekend, uh, defensive lineman, edge prospects, five-star uh, wide receiver. Ryan Wingo was in last weekend, offensive tackle. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got guys that are ranked in that category coming in across the board. Uh, and so not only uh, is that an extra value if those guys play that position, so in other words, if if take it instead of a linebacker, like I know Anthony Hill is a great example to me as a linebacker. I think not only is he just elevates the the whole roster, right? Um, he's a, he's maybe a unique player that's a five star. But what about the five stars at these positions like edge, um, like wide receiver? Are they are they worth just a little bit more? Or what is your thought on that? Yeah, I think so. I think probably Anthony Hill's may end up being worth more if he plays buck. If he ends so up he plays a little bit of both. If he ends up playing a pass rusher, I think that's that's better. Like um you just I don't know that you don't it's hard to name modern defenses that were really elite because of their inside linebacker. You know? Like it's just it's just harder to impact 
it's easier to play winning ball at that position. Uh, like I shouldn't say it's easier. You just don't need the same caliber of athlete to play winning football at that position as you do at other positions. Like the edge offensive tackle, if you're not an elite athlete, it's it's much harder to be a championship player. It's much harder to anchor a team at those positions if you're not an elite athlete. I think to to impact to dominate the game from like the interior, you have to be like a, a really like Earl Thomas, right? Like NFL Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame level athlete to uh, to have that kind of impact. Otherwise, I, I think there are diminishing returns on athleticism. I, I think there are players that are different. Um, I'll give you one that was yeah. recent that had a, that led a really good defense, and that's Malcolm Rodriguez at Oklahoma State. He was an inside linebacker that really made them a good defense. He was kind of the the mix between the front and the back. I thought he was an outsized value to them. Yeah. Um, I, I think of, and you mentioned even, Earl even, Thomas at safety that way. I, I agree yeah. with those kind of guys. But even Malcolm Rodriguez, you know, what did he go like in the sixth or seventh round? And he was like 5'11". He's not that big. Um, yeah, he doesn't have, they, they don't have, to your point, they don't have to be the five stars to be a five-star level player at those positions. Yeah. Yeah. Although he's, you know, he is very fast. That's probably yeah. why he was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it happens. It, it's, it's not the same though as like, you know, the sixties or Tommy Nobis dominated games, you know, inside. It's just not quite how the game works. You need, you need to be able to dominate in space generally to, uh, to have that level of impact. Gotcha. I'm, I'm uh, from the Mike Singletary era. Right. Uh, so I, I, he was just phenomenal uh, stopping the run. All right, uh, Ian, that's just a, that's good. I like to do things like this with you because you have a little bit different viewpoint, I think, than most people on Inside Texas when it comes to this stuff. A little bit more uh, uh, deeper thought, I think, as it relates to not just tracking the players, that sort of thing. So uh, I hope everyone's appreciated that. Uh, that's Ian Boyd of Inside Texas. Uh, we appreciate his time tonight or today on on Texas football. For Ian, I'm Bobby Burton. We'll see you soon. And uh, good luck to the Longhorns recruiting this weekend. We'll definitely be here catching you up on it uh, whenever news breaks, as well as a Sunday night live stream. Uh, so make sure you tune in. Thanks.